The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Shopping for the best e-commerce tips, tricks, and techniques? Looking for better ways to push your product out of your online store? Watch your shopping cart overflow because you found the e-com experts. The e-com experts show you what you need to know to be a successful online retailer. Learn their search marketing strategies, their web marketing wisdom, and their calculated conversion measures. Please welcome the host of e-com experts, Shauna Siegel. Hello, 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 and welcome. If you are listening to our live show, it is November 15th, and it's officially two weeks away from Cyber Monday. I know that sounds a little bit scary, and we are actually 38 days away until Christmas. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know if many of you have started shopping already, but I usually wait till the last week and, you know, week right before Christmas because I can't hold a secret. So um, hopefully you guys are doing much better off than I am. If you're not in our chat room, get in here. Just go to the top of webmasterradio.fm, and you'll be able to chat with friends and ask some questions. Have a wonderful time. We've already got some great questions for our guests tonight. So while you do that, make sure to head over to FeatureFridays.com also for your chance to win $500 in add-on. So let me introduce you to our guest tonight. We have Dennis Mortison, who's an accredited associate uh, web analytics instructor at the University of British Columbia. He's the author of Data-Driven Insights with Yahoo Web Analytics, which is an excellent book, by the way. Um, frequent speaker of the subjects of analytics, media, and marketing. And Mortison is an entrepreneur and the COO of Index Tool until it was acquired by Yahoo back in May of 2008 which is an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal tool. We absolutely love it. And today he sits on the board of directors at the Web Analytics Association and maintains the highly popular analytics blog, visualrevenue.com slash blog. Welcome to the show, Dennis. How are you tonight? Thank you very much. Glad to be here. I think I'm happy. You think you're happy? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Oh, well, that's good. That's always good information. So I've been reading the blog that you've got over at Visual Revenue, uh, visualrevenue, excuse me, dot com slash blog. Lots of really, really great information. But I know that you've been talking a little bit and we wanted to talk to you tonight about choosing optimization goals, learning about KPI. Um, and as a matter of fact, you had a very interesting article about should we be looking at page views or article views and all kinds of information. So just tell us what you've been up to lately and then we can get into all the good stuff. So lately, uh, which of course is difficult to define. So if we define lately as the last two years, I spent most of my time um, essentially assuring that we got index tools integrated into uh, Yahoo in the best possible way. Um, and I wish there was something that you could do over a weekend. It just isn't. But <laughs> right. if, lately, if lately describes, uh, say, uh, the last uh, one, two, three or four months, I've been uh, slowly uh, winding down my... Um, activities at Yahoo, uh, and actually to the point where I uh, am uh, moving out of Yahoo now. So my uh, day job as the uh, Director of Data Insights at Yahoo is kind of coming to an end. 
So I'm on forward to uh, the next adventure. And, oh, uh, and I think that's, that's super exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the part, of course, where you have uh, no medical and no salary and uh, no backup. <laughs> those, those are the, uh, the slightly scary parts, but uh, it's always exciting kind of be moving on to the next thing. But Absolutely. if you take some of the items on the block, uh, some of the posts, uh, if not all of them, over the last uh, half year, year have been in and around how you work with content. So if you think about analytics and being data-driven in general, most people tend to look at retail because that's a very clear uh, objective and there's a very clear measurable output, essentially money, uh, and I want more of it. And there's tons of opportunities to do that. You can choose to figure out how to do campaign optimization, you can optimize your channels, you can do landing page testing, you can do funnel optimizations, and there's a uh, plethora of uh, optimization techniques which you can start uh, working on as a retailer. But as a publisher, and especially uh, if I kind of hone in on the one item which I am really uh, eager to uh, do more on right now, which is news media, Things are actually getting a bit more complicated and complicated to the extent where a lot of people just kind of choose not to focus on it. So it's not like you see you know, tons of tools out there for you to optimize content as a news media provider. You're kind of left to it by yourself or left to kind of bend any of the other tools. And I'm saying this because I spent half a decade in pushing traditional web analytics, which turned out to be Yahoo web analytics, but that could be Google or Omnich or any other package, but they're not really catering to publishers. And they're certainly not catering to news media publishers. So I think that's, um, I think that's an opportunity, uh, at least. As an entrepreneur, I see an opportunity in that. But not even that. I actually think we, uh, as analysts or even just as uh, marketeers, probably need to move beyond this notion of uh, the page view being the perfect metric. And I know we've been saying this uh, not even for uh, years. We've all been talking about this for the last five years, that counting page views is the equivalent of counting hits back in 99. And I do understand that saying that now, finally, it's dead doesn't make it so. Because every single publisher out there uh, at current time tends to monetize on a per-page view level. And this is all good and fine, and they should kind of continue to do that. But there's a number of ways where you can game that. And I don't think if you game something, you should certainly game it to your advantage. You shouldn't game it to your own disadvantage. So if you run a property today which monetized through advertising, and where that advertising is placed on every single page, you shouldn't generate more page views Uh, without knowing what you do. It's all fair that you take an article and split that into five pages and by that multiply the inventory with five. Whether you and I like that or not doesn't really matter. That's one technique. I don't think it's the best. I actually think it's kind of lame, but that doesn't matter. What you need to look at, though, is what is the true intent? And if the intent from the reader was only to read one article... I need to keep that data intact. So come tomorrow or three weeks from now, when I choose to split it into 
seven pages or go back into only being one page. I need to have the same data intact so I knew exactly where I was before, where I am today, and where I might be in the future. And that's why I think one way of keeping this intact is to focus on a different metric. Don't look at page views. Look at whatever the product is, if you're a publisher, at an atomic level. And if you provide articles or any other type of content, say you're webmaster radio and you provide shows, then that show and that intent to listen to a show, that should be your primary metric. Not whether you can squeeze in ads every five minutes, which I actually think is fair, or every 10 minutes or every 15 minutes, but you need to have that core metric on which you optimize on intact, because otherwise you end up gaming yourself, which is just not optimal. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely makes quite a bit of sense, but I, I know our listeners are probably going, okay, well, how can we, how can we interpret this and kind of change it around for their e-commerce um, and, and try to understand the metrics and content and how everything's working together? Because um, I know we got a lot of, we got we talk about con- e-commerce here. So that's, yes. that's where we get into more, <laughs> the interesting is, but I think you're starting off at the perfect places, understanding what we're wanting our visitors to do. But but I think it's probably not – I actually think – and I'm biased here now because this is where I spend all my time thinking uh, of. But but when you have a look at it, in e-commerce um, in general, if I go in and I've decided that today's the day that I need to get myself a pair of new sneakers, I have an intent which is for me to buy a pair of sneakers. And I might even go look at two, three, four, five or ten pairs. If I do duplicate views in some of them, that doesn't mean that I have an interest of 17 sneakers. I only have an interest on 10. And that should be your core metric. Not whether you lure people in to look at a a zoomed view, whether you kind of lure people in to look at a set of additional recommendations or other people also like these. You need to focus on that core metric. This guy who came in from this campaign were interested in sneakers and we were able to show him 10 different pairs. And that number 10, that should be your focus. Because if you can figure out a way for me to look at 11, which might increase the probability of me converting, that is something that you can work with. But if you kind of increase fake product views, you're not really any further. You haven't kind of increased my probability of converting. Then all, all of a sudden, you kind of skew things towards something that looks like an optimization effort, but it wasn't. It was just you essentially gaming yourself, gaming your own metrics, and you come off wor- worse because you don't really know what you're optimizing on. So for me, it's actually the same. I actually think it's a whole lot easier in, uh, in retail because everything is identified by, at the end of the day, a unique SKU number. Oh, yeah. I love where you're going with this, but let me just go ahead and take a real quick break here. Um, and that way we can come back and go into a little bit more detail about this. Um, yep. Don't go anywhere. We're, li- we're talking with Dennis Mortison, and you're listening to Ecom Experts on Webmaster Radio. Time to check out our sponsors. Ecom Experts will return after this. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Well, sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. 
What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link-building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link-building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. Hi, this is Joel Kamm. I want to take a moment to tell you about a revolutionary new theme for WordPress that's going to change the way you make websites. It's called the Socrates theme, and it is the number one WordPress product on ClickBank. You can see it in action right now at SocratesTheme.com. The Socrates theme has a ton of options for customizing your site, but what really makes it stand out is the ability to monetize your site instantly just by entering your ClickBank or AdSense IDs right inside the theme. That's right, there's no plugins needed. Go check it out now at SocratesTheme.com. Round trip plane tickets, $1,100. Four-night hotel stay, $900. Conference passes, $2,000. And to think how far your dollar could go every month by working with WebmasterRadio.fm on air and on demand at some of the most premier trade shows around. We report from booth to booth, session to session, keynote to keynote. That can be sponsored by you. Plus, we throw unforgettable networking functions where your message can be conveyed via audio or video from the ceiling to the floor. Contact sales at WebmasterRadio.fm for a free consultation. The Jerry Abram Show, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the Ecom Experts, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Shauna Siegel. Welcome back, everyone. And we are here with Dennis Mortison. We're talking about analytics. And it's one of these conversations that sometimes you have to go, what? And then rewind, go back to iTunes, download, listen to it again, because it's a lot of great information. So if we're working on, instead of having our customer look at maybe 10 items or 11 items instead of 10 items, um, our big question from our store owners is, of course, how are we going to accurately track this if we understand that that's going to be our new goal. And so essentially choosing the right uh, optimization goals even before we start collecting the data. So I'm right. sure most, most people are of the uh, same understanding that there's probably three parts to doing uh, proper optim- optimization based on data. So the first task is for you to collect proper data. And that sounds easy. That sounds like I'll you know, cut, copy, paste my Google Analytics or my Yahoo Web Analytics uh, JavaScript code to the footer of my web property, and I'm done deploying that. And that used to be the case if you go back uh, half a decade, and most people just deploy it that way. I think people who deploy a Web Analytics solution today by putting in a standard uh, vanilla JavaScript in the footer kind of... Uh, misunderstand uh, what the purpose uh, is here. And they're probably not going to end up creating a competitive advantage by doing so. So doing a proper web analytics deployment is, and I'm sorry to say it because I want it to be easier, a true software project like no other, uh, like kind of, kind of very comparable to any other software project. So you need to figure out 
what data you want to collect, and you need to figure out how do you actually go about collecting that with the existing solution that you have in place. And that takes time. It takes time to choose that these are the pages I want to collect, these are the events that I want to collect, these are the specific actions that I want to collect. Uh, if these actions aren't on new pages, I want to do it in this way, in the dynamic page. These are the funnels. These are the segments. These are the filters. These are the alerts. This is the sorting I want in the reports. So that takes a lot of work and just making sure that that is done in a proper way. Once that's done, you created an opportunity to come out on the other side slightly wiser. That's not a given. You're just creating an opportunity. And that's the first three months that's invested into that. And right. even once you collected that data, I think the opportunity only arrives once you kind of, you know, take two or three steps back, have a diaco, look out the window, and decide for what is it that I'm supposed to optimize on? What is it that I want more of? And that sounds like a simple decision. I think it's actually really complicated. And I think it's even more complicated in connecting that with the activities that you actually do in optimizing your website. So let me give you an example here. Say that even in a two-man band or in a 10,000-man band, doesn't really matter. Agreeing on what is the objective of this company, that might be really simple. You might actually be able to phrase that out loud as saying, we're here to make more profit. Okay, if you're here to make more profit, you should ask yourself the first question, do I even collect a profit metric? And for the most part, most people say, uh, no, okay. So if you don't collect a profit metric, how are you going to measure that? Mm -hmm. Because certainly you can't input a profit metric into your Google AdWords campaign or any other campaign. So you need to figure out how do I even connect my marketing campaign story with my organizational objective. And that's, uh, I think that's where a lot of people just, to some extent, mentally surrender and say, you know what, I'm just going to increase my click-through rate in my AdWords campaigns. I'm probably going to be better off then. And <laughs> to, to a large degree, some people will be better off if they chose to do nothing. Because if you just try to increase your click-through rate, you might actually end up doing more harm than good. You might actually end up optimizing away the good campaigns and keep the bad ones. So the good ones are the ones that you end up, as we just agreed, you know, four minutes ago, that makes you the most profit. The ones that makes you the most profit might actually be the ones with the lowest click-through rate. Because, right. yes, they're more expensive, but when you actually do convert, you convert with a higher average order value. You and I can kind of Excel play this uh, for hours and come out with a conclusion that says so. So even just choosing that, that's a tough exercise. But I think just uh, if we go back again half a decade, remember how we all chose keywords for our search campaigns when this all started uh, initially. We would open up the interface and we would randomly type in keywords. So if I'm in the sneakers business. I would type in 15 random keywords and I'll just start bidding in those. No research, no uh, competitive research, no uh, clustering of keywords, not really anything where I have specific landing pages for specific keywords and so on and so forth. I'll just randomly throw them in. 
I think we almost have the same in analytics today, which is that people just somewhat randomly choose a optimization goal. I want more visits, or I want to increase my click-through rate, or if I increase revenue, I'm probably going to be better off. And they're not kind of thinking it through. And, and that's kind of to their disadvantage, where people who have perhaps the patience to sit back and say, I'm going to spend time trying to figure out how I'll connect the objective of my business with my campaigns in the other end. And f- for a lot of people, there's a huge gap there. But they spend time in trying to figure out, okay, if I can't get profit, is revenue correlated to my profit? It might be. Because they might actually have items that uh, they have the same margin on for the most uh, part. Okay. But I can't even input revenue as a goal into, say, Google AdWords. Okay. If I can't do that, does the amount of sales, meaning you know, the amount of conversion, does that equal uh, some sort of correlation to my revenue? And again, for the most part, it does not. Right. So they, they need to try to figure out how to do that. And I think that's uh, where people should just slow down, spend a month trying to figure out how do you actually connect this story. Or even just, and, and this is what I would do, if I were an e-tail, I would get real hard, brutal on my vendors, actually. So if somebody walks in the door with a paid search campaign or a organic search campaign or even a affiliate marketing campaign, a email campaign, and they say, you know what, you can buy me 10,000 uh, new uh, visits to your site for this amount. So, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything to me. You need to explain to me if you want to sell anything to me how I can increase my profit. That might be tied into an email campaign, but you figure it out then because you're selling your product and you need to connect that story. If you can't connect that, then you need to give me a discount because I need to kind of connect it myself. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to connect it if you're not watching you know, the proper things or you have certain things set up the way that it needs to be done. Um, I know you've got, you you go into more, a little bit more detail in this. Let's go ahead and take another real quick break here. Um, But don't go anywhere. I know we're kind of talking about a lot of different things here and a lot of our topics tend to be more towards beginner friendly here, but, but it's all right because it's a lot of really great information. Analytics is something that you just really got to dig your hands into and take a look at it, read as much as you can and, and, and learn as much as you can, too, because it's so very vital to our business. So let's take a real quick break here, but don't go anywhere. You're listening to Ecom Experts on WebmasterRadio.fm. Time to check out our sponsors. Ecom Experts will return after this. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every Internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. SEO is like a roulette wheel, hoping that you put in the right meta tags and keywords on your page so that your site lands on the top spot. 
Don't just take the gamble. Go with the sure thing. The premier business-to-business on-air and on-demand podcast network, webmasterradio.fm. We can place the right keywords and messages from a 30-second spot to a 30-minute monthly special. Plus, we give you the banner ads, links, and placement to bring you more traffic from not just search marketing pros listening to our SEO channel, but from all of our listeners and podcasters searching for you. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for consultation today. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. Ad Media tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything Ad Media can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. Ad Media, strong ROI made simple. The Joel Com Show, Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the Ecom Experts, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Shauna Siegel. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Dennis Mortison. And Dennis, you know, a big question that we got from a lot of our listeners today when I asked for feedback about the show is, you know, how do they make sure, I mean, because a lot of people are just starting out, that they have everything set up, that they're tracking the proper goals, that they know what to look at, Um and especially with the holidays right around the corner, this was like a very big concern for a lot of our listeners is knowing, you know, how do I make sure I've got this set up correctly? I think the first and probably most qualified common sense test of that, which I tend to give to everybody, is that you should not allow yourself to go into your analytics tool unless you have a set of questions. And I can tell you, I do the same mistakes. And we're all suckers for a up and to the right trend graph just because it's fun. It's actually really good entertainment for geeks like us to go into our solution, look at the amount of visits per day and see that yesterday everything was all hunky-dory. It's not too insightful though. Good entertainment. But I think there's a difference between entertainment and actually trying to be data-driven. So I would force myself with a pen and paper to write down three questions and say, this is what I want to know. And then you log into the tool and you see if you can answer those questions. Because you're not faking it when you're writing it down on a piece of paper. You tend to fake it when you jump into the tool because you get kind of, uh, you fall in love with visits. You click on a, you know, a graph here, you click on another one there, you look at your bounce rate, it's a bit down, they're all kind of nice. But if you write down three questions and you come in and you then figure out, you know what? I actually can't really answer any of these. And there could be a number of reasons for that, but most of those reasons are essentially tasks for you to fix. One can be that it becomes very obvious that you don't collect the data. You need to figure out how to do that. Number two, it seems like the data is there, but you don't have kind of the uh, skill set 
to go use that data. So you don't really know how to segment the data in the right way or don't know how to filter in the right way, but it looks like it's there. Okay, that means you need to kind of connect with the right uh, consultant or friend who can help you uh, do that. Third, you might actually be, and this is the positive scenario, so lucky that you figure out, you know what? I could answer these three questions. The data is actually in there. I'm actually real wise now. And now that you're real wise because you got an answer to those, you should quickly remove yourself from the tool and log out and say, good, now that I'm wiser, what is the action that I want to take? Does that mean that I'm really going to stop that email campaign? Or does that mean I'm willing to spend another $1,000 on that affiliate marketing campaign? But you should remove yourself from the tool, not just pat yourself on the back saying, you know what, I won. Three out of three. I'm happy now. Um, so, so I think that's a simple way to see whether you should be satisfied with your current uh, deployment. Mm-hmm. And if you can't come up with the three questions to begin with, then you might actually just be really good at running the business based on gut feeling and you don't need the data. But I think uh, most people would uh, kind of advise against that and you should kind of figure out a way to come up with questions that are data-driven. Data-driven. All right, now we've got a great question from our chat room. If Dennis had a product to sell, what three analytical questions would he ask to find the answers to? That's a good question. (laughs) I think... um, I think one of the primary metrics I would use to just guide my business in general uh, if I were in the e-commerce space would be the gross margin per visit. I think I could do a lot with that metric. I think I could uh, invest into all sorts of different uh, marketing campaigns and measure it across those campaigns on that one. I think I could, uh, in a very sane way, see if we're moving in the right direction uh, as a business. So I think that would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Gross margin per visit. Another one um, was um, I would probably uh, use was um, recency of repeat customers. What I would really want to know is whether I'm moving into a negative spiral. And I want to know that ahead of time. Most people don't really see if their business is going to hell before it's too late. Because it's easy to have kind of you know, an increased number of visits and perhaps even an increased number of sales. You kind of keep you know, doing new campaigns and uh, you add to the discount and you do a number of things. But... What you really want to look at is the recency in repeat customers. Because if that is decreasing, that typically happens before your business starts to decline. That could happen kind of dependent on the sales cycle. But that might even happen two or three months before you're kind of in a really bad shape. So that would be another one that I would monitor just for the overall health of my business. And then the third one, I should prepare for that, of course. That's <laughs> tricky. I think I would look at the average 
order value. Mm-hmm. Per, and I would, I would never look at it just overall on the site. I would look at it on a per-segment basis. So the average order value from organic search, from pay search, from this cluster of keywords, uh, from this campaign, uh, from yesterday, from this time zone, you know, a different thing. But I would use that metric as well. So to repeat, now that I kind of worked myself into it, I would use uh, as a strategic metric the gross margin per visit. I would use um, to just making sure that I'm on the right track, the recency of uh, repeat customers. And uh, thirdly, I would use just as a day-to-day metric the average uh, order value on different segments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could go with that. You go with that. I like those. I like those a lot. And it's not something um, that you hear on an everyday basis. You know, usually you you hear, look at the, you know, look at your page views, look at your pounce rates. But uh, it's this is giving us a little bit more information, I think. Um, I know I turned all uh, geeky uh, on you uh, tonight, but I thought, uh, if anything, uh, and for those who listen, that hopefully you kind of just taken two or three notes and you can kind of go research that. Or you can completely disagree with me and just say, I'm not going to go crazy for pages over Christmas. But I think uh, just uh, you know, maturing uh, just slightly might uh, actually be to the benefit of, uh, of a lot of people, even though this is uh, a bit more hardcore than your uh, average uh, page view uh, junkie. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, but that's okay. We like that kind of information because, you know, like I said, just a little bit, guys, you know, if it's something where you're not quite sure today, definitely download the show again, listen to the replay and do your research. It's a lot of really great information. Um, I happen to be on your blog today, as a matter of fact, Visual Revenue. and I happened to find actually an absolutely wonderful uh, slideshow that you did about choosing your optimization goals. And I guess yep. this is something from that you had done back in um, May, but it was still just phenomenal information. Just phenomenal. I, uh, I tried to do the whole... If you look through the slideshow, it does two things. That's my underlying agenda, which now, of course, becomes obvious because I tell you, which is that I wanted to plant just enough doubt with people on the existing metrics that they have in place. So when they say, first of all, do my metrics really serve the overall purpose of the organization? Uh I don't think a lot of people can really say yes to that. They want to believe it, but even myself, when I think about it, that's kind of difficult to kind of say, Yes, exclamation point. Hell uh-huh. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the second one is, if, and I think most organizations should have uh, proper KPIs, but even if you think that you do kind of try to optimize to, to the overall purpose of the organization, do you even know what that is? Yes, in a one-man band, you might, but in a 10-man band, mm-hmm. if you ask eight people, are they going to write the same goal down on a piece of paper if you ask them, you know, this morning? Good. Write down what you think the primary KPI, as in key performance indicator, of this business is. I think you'll come out with a lot of non-uniques there. And then I, you know, throughout this uh, set of slides, I plant this seed of, you know what? I think I have to go back and have a second look 
on what we optimize on. And then I, of course, uh, kind of close it off with a set of suggestions on what I think could be you know, decent uh, suggestions. And none of them uh, rhyme with impressions, click-through, or anything uh, in, uh, in that ballpark. Yep. They probably rhyme more with the three I just suggested before. before. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of really great information. We posted that link in uh, our chat room. We'll make sure to put it on our blog as well. It's a lot of really great information. Russ from our chat room wants to know, um, demographics really seem to help um, understanding your demographics. What are your thoughts on learning more about your demographics and, and that sort of thing? I am... Uh, and you can disregard uh, the, again, obvious uh, bias here. So uh, the one thing that uh, Yahoo Web Analytics uh, does uh, better, and uh, there's certainly a number of things that other tools uh, do better than Yahoo Web Analytics, but the one thing that uh, we have in that tool is the opportunity for you to report on uh, age, gender, and interest. And I think that is extremely powerful uh, not just as a general uh, insight, but I think it becomes almost instantly actionable once you know. So if you figure out, uh, and it's actually very easy to kind of slice and dice your data uh, based on uh, these segments, that 90% of my visitors are male. Okay, that means you, you kind of go around with this belief that me selling uh, used uh, MacBooks uh, online is a male-dominated uh, segment, and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to go all in catering to that uh, male uh, segment. But then you slice it just once more and say, you know what, I don't really care about my visits. I know this is me kind of repeating uh, over and over again, don't look at visits. But then you go right. in and have a look at your sales and say, but... Of the 110 sales, not the 10,000 visits that I had, no, the 110 sales, who bought? And what you might see is, you know what? That might actually be 60% females who bought from me. What do you do with that information? And I think that all of a sudden, that's going to be an eye-opener that, you know what? I thought this was completely dominated by males. I thought this was dominated by the 25 to 35 uh, male segment but it's just not. It's somebody else. And I think, again, when you take a step back, have your dial, look out the window, you're going to have a different view on the next marketing campaign that you're going to run now that you know better of your segments. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where they get really powerful. Not just the overall demographic, but when you start to kind of slice it uh, just a little bit on uh, who buys. Or even, and I can give you just as a, uh, I think, a fun trivia uh, for most e-commerce sites, you'll see that the average order value is uh, higher on the female segment than on the male segment. Which is, uh, if you knew that, I think there's a lot of things that you can do to kind of cater to that. Oh, that now that is something that I have not looked at, and I think you'd be right. You'd be absolutely right on it because I think as women we tend to go around and shop a little bit more, and men they go in and get out of there when they. Something. <laughs> Just the way it, that they're shopping. Well, without giving you any indication of why it is so, just giving you the facts that that is the data. But yeah. I think you're right that it kind of uh, that, that there's no uh, shopping experience 
for men really in um you know I'll plan this and you know as a planned uh, buy I'll buy the three items that I need no right now this instant I need that new mouse I'll buy it and that's that for only to figure out uh, three days later that you know what I need a mouse pad they kind of go together right Right. then they go make another buy perhaps not from you but you know somewhere else so I think you know that might be a reason I wouldn't know, you know, you and I could analyze that, but uh, I think, you know, go slice and dice it. It is uh, really easy and really an, uh, an eye-opener. Mm, but you still have to know that information. What about, um, and Raz is asking, what about looking at your demographics more for cities and countries that are, you, that are purchasing from your site? I, uh, I think any of them. Uh, I took the, the more sexy ones here. So I think mm-hmm. age gender and interest is uh, super sexy because it's not easy to collect that data. Um, I think um, city, SIP, DMA, and other uh, geographic and demographic uh, data points are uh, as valuable. Uh, And some of them are uh, perhaps even more valuable because you can buy against them. So uh, usually if you go buy... $100 $100 worth of AdWords or $10,000 worth of AdWords, doesn't matter. You can buy against zip codes. Uh, and you can actually do that in a lot of uh, uh, ad-serving systems today. So knowing that, you can actually do different types of bidding based on that information. If you know that uh, the Manhattan uh, set of zip codes simply just have a higher average order value than the Queens uh, set of zip codes, you should actually... You know, Make sure that you set up your marketing campaigns with that fact in mind. And you might also know that the cost of delivering an order outside the U.S. is simply higher. The procurement of that order, not just the shipping, but verifying uh, credit cards, the percentage fraud uh, from abroad is higher, a number of other variables. You might say, uh, that being the case, I simply can't pay the same for campaigns outside the U.S. as I can inside the U.S. So couldn't agree more. I think uh, they are very valuable. And I would actually start using those as some of the very first ones. Mm. And very interesting that you'd use that as a first one. Are there other types of metrics that you might say to look at first as you're just starting to build a campaign and really starting to maybe even just opening up a brand new store and you're really wondering where do I even start looking at this stuff? I would, um, my first exercise would be to, not my first, I think a good exercise is to fall out of love with volume and in love with niche. So create a quick segment on your heavy users. And you, you can define that yourself. Uh, you can say, my heavy users could be customers who bought twice. Uh, it could be just users who visit uh, once every two weeks. Just a heavy segment. Because all of a sudden, you figure out those 10,000 visits, they don't matter. What really matters is those 90 people who come back again and again and again. That's where I make 50% of my revenue. If 50% of my revenue is tied into 90 people, that whole idea of 
you know, fiddling around with this and that on the website, that's all good and fine. But when you close your eyes and think about, this is just John, Susan, and Dennis. How do I make it easier and nicer for them? You might figure out, you know what, I should just write a personal email up to Christmas to 90 people. That might actually be the best campaign I can do. Not uh, a new uh, landing page, not a multivariate test uh, here and there. No, I'll just write you know, personal emails to 90 people. I'm not saying it's that simple, but I would kind of move away from volume and get real focused here. I can give you just some quick uh, trivia uh, here uh, for not e-tails, but for publishers. Usually for publishers, 1% of their visitors is one quarter of all their traffic. That means if you're, uh, say, uh, the New York Times, they do, uh, say, just around a billion page views. But 1% does 250 million of those. Wow. Those, those are the people that you want to cater to. Or at least you want to figure out how, how do I make sure that they stay happy? And not how do I add in, you know, these are huge numbers. You, you can just divide that down to uh, whatever you, know, you and I would be playing around with here. But how do I just, if, if 90 people are half my revenue, not how do I add 10,000 visits. No, how do I add 90 people? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's going to make you really focused. Oh, I like that focusing quite a bit. I like that focusing quite a bit because then you're really digging it. Okay, I know we can keep going and going and going, but I'm sure that you're getting close to wanting some dinner here. And I'm sure our listeners are too. But, I mean, this is just absolutely fascinating information. And I know you can go on and on. And, and are you going to be speaking at any conferences soon? Because I, I always love watching your presentations. They're so wonderful and they're so informative. And you always um, give people something to walk away and think about. And I think you've done that tonight here as well. Thank you very much. I think the next thing you will see me at is Ignition on December 2 and 3 in New York. Oh, sounds good. Well, if you're near New York, I highly recommend going out there and and checking it out. And in our chat room, we're saying thank you. I will keep focusing. Absolutely. You should definitely do that. Um, Toy Surge wants to know, do you plan on writing a book or are you going to be writing another book outside the first one um, that you did for Yahoo Web Analytics? I'll give you just because I think it's fun data and because we're uh, data geeks here. So I wrote the first book. That took me 392 hours, five months writing Saturdays only. So those are the metrics. So if you want to write a book, that's what you have to invest. Since I haven't started on any new book just yet, it will at least take me another five months and 392 hours. I don't think you'll see me uh, come out with a new one uh, anytime soon. I do think, though, that uh, in the... Uh, news media space and in the predictive analytics space that you could see me apply some commentary which might see itself in the form of a book at some point in the uh, I wouldn't say uh, distant future but somewhere between today and uh, far far away 
far, far away. Well, I know your first one was absolutely wonderful. I know that we learned quite a bit from it, and we still continue to learn from you today. And um, I absolutely love the blog, and I hope to see more of the writing there in the future because, it, like I said, you're always giving us something to question and consider, and I absolutely love that about your writing and your speaking. So thank you so much for giving us things to consider on our show tonight as well. You're most welcome. I appreciate it. I appreciate you spending the time with us. That's absolutely wonderful. So thank you guys for joining us. And again, I know we covered a lot here, but like Dennis said, you know, if you have questions about certain aspects that we talked about here today, look it up. Look it up and do some more research and get some more information. And as we're always talking about, focus, 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 because that's going to be extremely important as well. So before I head out for the evening, let me go ahead and let you know who our winner is for our Feature Friday contest, which is Valerie, and her Twitter name is Blue Lake Brand. So congratulations, Valerie. We'll be in touch soon. I hope all of you enjoyed our show tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you're here again next week live. Live at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for another edition of Ecom Experts.